For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about defining success. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Siobhan Moran, president and founder of Energetic Solutions, speaker, coach, and author of multiple books. Siobhan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Looking forward to talking about this with you. So why don't, why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing? Mm. So I have been doing business type thing since I was a kid. My first business was at 11 and I mowed lawns and I really wanted it to, I wanted to have my own financial freedom. I wanted my own money away from my parents. And so that was my first business. Second, it, you know, I had one in high school that I you know, delivered stuff on my bike, weirdly enough. <laughs> and uh, I made good bank on both of them. But I sold the first one, the, the lawn mowing business for a t-shirt. Not a good sale. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Live and learn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy at the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, And then I really decided that I didn't understand how my brain worked. And my mom actually, because I was starting to get in trouble, my mom threw me into computer coding school. And so I actually became a geek and I loved it. And then I went off to college for sales and marketing because I couldn't understand how coding and my introversion was going to help out in the world. I was just really, it was perplexing how those should mesh and match. And I really got into marketing, then moved along into moving to California. And one of the first companies I worked for here was, uh, now it's a cool term, was an entrepreneur. And they did, you know, computer accessories, the first company that did computer accessories in the world. So we were 12 of us. And then we grew that to about $140 million and sold that to Rubbermaid. And I was like, I want more of these. I want to do this again and again and again and again. And so I helped uh, I helped four companies do that. And then got sick, misdiagnosed and nearly died from blood poisoning because I loved what I did so much and decided, oh, life's too short to do this for other people. I have been doing this for other people and helping them really do awesome. Not like I didn't, I did great, but really do awesome and really turn things around. So I think I'm just going to go out on my own. And so I started thinking about how I got myself and these companies successful and my sales team successful and the marketing successful. And I really 
put this weird thing together that it was all about the energy. This is long before it was a cool word to use. Uh, Um, (laughs) But um, it was really all about the energy. And I, nobody could really put their finger on it, except they would always bring me in. They would be like, do your thing, Siobhan. We want you to do your thing. And people would, you know, people would try to hire me away and all these funny things. And like, we need you to do your thing. We don't know what that thing is, but do your thing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where, that's where it really kind of all started. And then when I was recovering, I thought, oh, there's something to this do your thing part. I just have to, you know, I have to really put myself out there and figure out what that meant. And, you know, capsulating a long story, but there's a point to this. I, because I was healing myself, I was actually building a pharma company at the time. And I realized I didn't believe in drugs. Hilarious, I think, (laughs) (laughs) in retrospect. And uh, healed myself. And I thought, huh, I should just share this with others because I bet a lot of people are having pain and problems. And so I just opened healing clinics for free. Because I thought, this is what you do. You know, you test the market, you just see. And I, before you knew it, I had four healing clinics and people were coming and we did no marketing or advertising. We put a couple flyers up and all of a sudden people were flying in and bussing in. And I was like, what the heck? And we were on the news and all this wild stuff. And then one client said to me that she wanted to pay me. And I thought, okay, sure. And this is the thing that, you know, people don't understand is you really have to make peace with the free and the money and, you know, how this all works. And, and I, I realized, oh, I made all of the companies I helped make peace with this. And she said to me, because of the work you've done with me, I have to pay you a lot. And I want you to understand that my husband and my business, which was totally stalled for years before we met you, is all of a sudden blossomed into something amazing. Wow. And I thought, oh, this woo wackadoodle energy stuff. Remember, I'm a coder. Um, <laughs> so this woo wackadoodle energy stuff, there's something to it if you make it a formula, which I apparently had made it a formula. And it actually helps businesses and leaders really get out of their own way and thrive in ways that they could feel deep inside of them, but didn't know how to express and get outside of them. So what I do today is I help leaders and business owners and people who really want to make a difference, you know, whether it's a mom or whether it's, you know, a maven or whether it's, you know, whatever, whatever person, male, female, it's really somebody who has a mission and um, help them get out of their own way and use this energy thing in a way that nobody talks about. That's great. Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So yeah. And you've been, you've been at this since uh, age 11 <laughs> in, in a matter of speaking. <laughs> so that's a, that's an amazing, uh, amazing journey here. Well, yeah, let's, so let's, let's dive in, you know, we're, we're here to talk about, you know, this definition of success, which I would imagine, you know, even just, just hearing your story, your definition of success may have evolved over time as well. But, you know, why, why don't you start by, defining, you know, as, as you see it now, you know, what, how, how do you define success? Not like most people, because I had gotten sick and nearly died. I came across to the other side of that thinking, if I just help one person, I will have lived my life's mission. And that's really where I started from. And 
pretty much today deliver and, and look to deliver from that. It's very different type of success. Yes, there is a monetary piece. Yes, there is a good monetary piece. I know how money works. I'm very good at that. Right. I'm good at helping people understand how to apply prosperity principles and wonky mindset things that get in the way and where we get stuck and where we don't. But I believe for me, if I can help one person succeed in their life, then they're going to really impact thousands that I will never know about. And, you know, it'd be, it really sounds super altruistic, but I've had a lot of great loss in my life. And I really just always go back to that. Even if I get on the other side of, yeah, it's about the dollars or yeah, it's about, you know, how many people it's really, if I can just help one person really make a difference in their own world today, then I have succeeded and I will have done what I'm here to do. So I go around in the world and do weird things like the post office, you know, they're not always happy people. So I go to the post office, they have new people and I'm like, oh, I wonder how long it's going to get me to, it's going to take me to get them to smile and crack a joke. Let's see how far we can go to get them to be happy. And I walk around being this weirdo because I don't think enough people are playing in, in a space of fun energy and lightheartedness. And fun is where a lot of beautiful things occur. It sounds like you kind of lean on, on some of the challenges in, in your own life to, to try to help others. Is that, is that part of the process? Like, is that part of the process for other people and people that you work with as well is for them to be introspective and kind of look at their own challenges and, and, and make change in light of that? Or how, how do you look at that challenge? No, I actually, I actually don't think that looking at your own challenges is, is highly useful because it actually makes you dig deeper into the problem and create more and a bigger problem from looking at it so fiercely. We're taught how to look at the problem, find the problem, sit in the problem, be with the problem. We're not taught how to be on the other side for the solution. And one of the, one of the things that I created the system around is teaching people how it's not black, it's not white, it's not gray. It's like there is another solution. There's an opportunity within the problem, because if you look at the word problem, it really actually elicits an opportunity for that word problem is actually opportunity oriented. Yeah. So we've gotten a little distracted and distorted about how our language plays a role in helping us or hindering us. So I help people look for the things that they didn't know were easy, were safe, were something that was going to help you know all of the all of the, the people on their team show up and shine a, a weird example is i was helping a, a guy who owns a, a tech company years ago and he was stuck in a problem for about a year with some coding thing that he was doing and i said okay you know jesse take me in on the phone and i want to listen to how everybody's communicating in the room and i want to look at the energy and i want to see what's happening in the room and he said on a video i was like no no just take me in on the phone just leave leave me in and i think 
that I could point out to him just by hearing, there were three words that were repeated in that room again and again. Nobody noticed they were the same three words. Mm. And they were all using them in different ways. And once we changed those three words and changed the energy and the drama around the problem, you know, within a few days, they had the code fixed. Nice. So from a from an individual perspective, is is success unique to the ind- individual? Like, how do you how do you work with people to define what success means for them? Oh gosh, I love this question. He- yes, I. Everybody's is individual. I had this one guy a lot of years ago, and he really wanted to be a billionaire real estate mogul, and he was a mortgage guy. And I said, well, okay, there are some hurdles we have to get through because. There's some money things and mind things and family things. And he was doing it at the cost of his family. I said, "Mm -mm. we have to find and identify what is most important to you. And the cool thing that we identified is he didn't even know his family had such a high priority in his world energetically. And he didn't know that the billions was interesting, but it wasn't the thing. Yeah. And there were several other things that were, you know, a little bit more private that we identified to clean up and resolve and move in the right direction. And so everybody is different. Sometimes it's about money. Sometimes it's about freedom. Sometimes it's about this one real estate lady. And she's like, I want you to turn my business around. I'm like, okay, we can do that. Well, turns out they were thinking about getting divorced, her and her husband. (laughs) <laughs> it was going to be a very expensive divorce. Right. And, you know, after we concluded, she said, oh, I would have never gone there in a trillion years. You saved my marriage and you saved me a ton of money at the same time. And my business is actually going to thrive because of it. So it was a little different than what she expected. So everybody has their own unique version of success that maybe they don't even know that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So you, um, you serve as a a mentor and a coach as well as a consultant to entrepreneurs, to CEOs and other leaders. What is it about the, the mentorship and coaching relationship that is valuable and perhaps sometimes undervalued? Mm. I think we, as a, as a human race, we're all taught to be self-sufficient and taught to do it on our own. And it looks like all of these really successful people have done it on their own because they don't talk about the 400 people that were behind them or the two people right. that were behind them. And it's really important to have alternate perspectives. And it's also important to have somebody who I always say, for me, I'm not for everybody because I tend to play in the woo and the energy and, you know, and the soul and all of these kind of different kind of things. But the idea of it is that if somebody can open their mind to a new way of being and doing and having, then it's worth paying whatever it is that you need to pay in order to achieve that result of reward. Because we get into our heads, you know, we have these locked craniums and we get into our heads and like little things are racing around in there and we need 
alternate ideas and perspectives, and particularly with somebody who is in a leadership position or starting into a leadership position or wants to adapt or transform. I never say change because you actually can't change. You can actually transform. So they want to transform into from where they were to where they can conceive that is possible, but without a map, it's going to take a lot of time, probably energy. And a lot of people give up along the way really fast. Right. Right. What does, um, it, it takes a certain mindset, I think, to get the most value from a, a consultant or a, or a coach or, or advisor. What does a leader need to understand in order to really benefit from that? You know, obviously being open to the idea, but, you know, beyond, beyond that, you know, what, what really helps someone get the most benefit from that relationship? Mm. Look at what advice or information you're being given. And your first instinct is probably going to be say in your head, going to be saying in your head is, no, that doesn't sound right. I don't think so. That's not right. And your first instinct is actually to crush your arms <laughs> and say, no, 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 no. I would encourage somebody to uncrash your arms, even when you're in a meeting and say, hmm, what if there's something that's a treasure in this thing that's being presented to me? What is the treasure? Where is the treasure? Uncrash your arms is so important. It's an energetic thing. It's not just a body language thing. Yeah. And um, what's the treasure here? And then have a communication. Because generally, if you're uncrossed in your arms, you're not thinking about what you're going to say next. You're actually in the actual conversation. Of, of who is opposite of you and the information that is being shared. So that's one. Another one is to be a little bit more receptive to doing something that sounds weird. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think to your first point, I've always found at least when something, I don't know the perfect word right now, but you know, when, when I feel agitated by something that someone is giving me as advice and I, and I know that person is at least well-intentioned, there's gotta be something in it, right? You know, whether it's, whether it's actually a hundred percent right on, or, you know, there's, there's something in it because it sparks something, even if it sparks frustration or, or something like often I think that can be the beginning of, of forcing myself to, to dive a little deeper. And, you know, maybe they were 50% right, but 50% more right than I ever would have gotten on my own. Right. But that's what a leader and a mentor is about is really opening that perspective so that the person can find their own way and not have the leader only be right. And challenge with leadership training for a long time has been the leader is always right. And it's like, are they, are they really? Right. right. And, and the beauty of what I get to do is help people, leaders, CEOs, you know, beautiful people who really want to do good and really want to strive and make a dent, even if it's just to the next level is to find your own language set and to find your own unique little perspective that is going to help those doors of that information work for you to achieve a faster result. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took me quite a while and I've been a CEO a couple of times and been, been a leader in, in different capacities, but, you know, it took me a long time to realize that people giving me feedback, even if it was directly contrary to me 
was, you know, it, I think it means things on several levels, but I mean, it's, it's a gift that, you know, I, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get there a hundred percent of my own in from someone else's, you know, perspective. So, you know, it's, it took me a while to kind of realize that that's someone trying to give me something, not someone just trying to find fault in, you know, in, in what I'm doing or my leadership or, you know, to your point, no, no leader is perfect, nor should they uh, pretend that they are right. Cause mm-hmm. if they should have people on their team that are better than them at at least some roles and, and kind of embrace that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's important. So what are, you know, in, a, in addition to some of these things, what are some of the other roadblocks that, that leaders have to kind of get out of the way of in order to, to grow? Mm, I think the idea of we have to be super quick to respond. We don't give ourselves enough oxygen. I was having a conversation with a client of mine who just sold his company. And I said, dude, you're trying to create the next thing. This is cool. And we need to create some breath and oxygen in who you are to find out where you're going to land in the next iteration. It's only been two months. (laughs) I was like, this thing called pressure, Mm, you have an addiction. And so we're actually addicted to pressure and we're not addicted to allowing ourselves to breathe. Now, I had to learn the breathing thing from you know, nearly dying and, and realizing that, you know, every little breath is actually going to bring a lot of flow to my world. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, breathe more. We have a, I have a little video series I'll give to your folks is, is it, ta- it takes them through this little, this little like one, you know, 30 second breathing technique that really solves a lot of problems. That's great. That's great. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up. Um, so you've written several books. Um, so, you know, I'll, I can talk to you as a, as a fellow author. <laughs> um, you know, I, I always love to hear just kind of a little bit about the motivation, uh, you know, as well as process stuff. But, you know, I'll, I'll just ask you, you know, for, from a from a motivation standpoint, why why do you write books? And, you know, what what does that you know, what do you what do you like about doing it? And what, what do you get from it? <laughs> Truth is, I see something, somebody saying something that is completely out of integrity or wrong in the world. And I, I, and I will say, ah, like one of my first books was Learn to Meditate. And I taught at colleges and, you know, taught at the Air Force and I taught at Boeing and I taught all of these, you know, I, I taught meditation long before it was cool to teach meditation. And, and I wrote a book called Learn to Meditate, Meditate in Two Minutes for the Lazy, Crazy and Time Deficient. And it came from people telling me things on the opposite of, you know, me teaching them. And they're like, oh, it's this. And oh, it's that. And people are saying this. And I tried that. And I tried this. And I said, oh, God, I can totally demystify this. Let's write a book. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've written, weirdly enough, I've written 16 little books. Oh, Um, wow. And it's because I see something that, is not masterfully communicated. And I am not a master communicator. I'm not saying that. I do have a lot of stuff to say. But the energy thing and success, I got that down. That's important. And it's really about helping people unfold to who they are. And if I can help (laughs) diffuse or uncomplicate something that I see going on in the world about, oh, no, it's much simpler than that. Let's do it 
let's show people how simple that is. And so I get a little, I get a little frustrated and then I write a book from it. <laughs> nice. I, no, that's, that's interesting because I, so not with books. I, I mean, I've written a couple books, but I do that with writing articles. Like, you know, my, my clients all run into an issue or, you know, have a problem. And I like find myself right knocking out a, you know, again, not a whole book, but a, you know, a thousand word article or something just based on, wow, I want this, I want this person to read this article because my life this day would have been a lot easier if they just would have read it ahead of time. So yeah, I, I can empathize oh, a bit. Same thing. I write emails like that or I'll <laughs> write a, a, a post on one of the social platforms and right. it will be because somebody said something or somebody was doing something weird. And I thought, oh, they just need to understand it like this. <laughs> nice nice <laughs> that's great well siobhan thanks so much for joining the show uh, for those listening what's the best way for them to keep up with you and what you're doing oh gosh go to siobhanmoran.com that's spelled s-h-e-e-v as in victor a-u-n-m-o-r-a-n.com and then there's a little there's three different uh, it's kind of choose your own adventure uh three tabs there that you know there's an entrepreneur tab, there's a, you know, toolkit tab, and then there's a, uh, and then there's a tab where there's a little video about energy and how that works. But if I can give one more thing, I promised a video, uh, a little training. There's a little training that we've done called free Kickstarter. Can you believe I got that name? (laughs) Um, Free kickstarter.com. And there are six videos in there that are powerful, energetic, transformational tools for any leader to really have a better day. Wonderful. That's great. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a link to that in the, um, on the page as well. Thanks, Greg. Well, thanks uh, again. I'd like to thank Siobhan Moran, uh, president and founder of Energetic Solutions for joining the show. Thanks for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.